tonight on Steve Swift's Rambling Reviews Impact Wrestling's 21st of July Impact Zone. Do you know, I really, really like Impact. I've only been watching it for a couple of weeks or maybe three or four weeks. I got the subscription. Um, the Impact Plus subscription which doesn't, I now find out, include immediate pay-per-views. Come on, Impact. At least upload that Slammiversary the following day or a few days later. Where is it? But, you know, I used to watch TNA. Stopped watching it for a long time. And then was pulled in by the shiny offers at Impact. And I've really enjoyed it. They've got great talent there, and we'll talk about the new talent very soon. They've got a great women's division. They've got a great tag team division with great tag team champions, or former champions. But what they've really got is a fantastic ease about them. They've got really good angles really good writers and they've always been seen as the little promotion that couldn't bit like ROH yeah they're okay they seem to have money because they've hoovered up quite a lot of what the WWE have thrown away recently but they were never going to be huge Got your WWE, you got your AEW, and they're somewhere in the middle. But you know what? I really enjoy it. I find it fun. I think some of the angles are great. I like the skits. And after Slammiversary, which seems to have been a hit with everybody that I've heard from everybody that I've read and with the the buying up of the WWE detritus as they probably don't want to be called I was really looking forward to this impact because I thought it was going to be huge they were going to want to push all those new signings it was going to create ripples We were going to have something very, very special. So full that it would almost burst. It was going to be a great episode of Impact. Didn't quite work out that way. So let's see what we had. First, and of course this was first, we had their biggest signing, EC3. It's pinballed around the federations, as we know, and cut a promo to camera about owning the narrative. This could mean several things, and you know what? I really hope it doesn't mean something around the kind of cancel culture thing, the Mr. Brody thing in AEW. 
I hope it doesn't do that. I don't want another V for Vendetta angle. If they do that, he won't make the impact, ha-ha, that they would like him to. But let's see how that plays out. First match up tonight, though. Something that should be very special. A big bang starter. Willie Mack, who lost his X-Division Championship on at Slammiversary versus Chris Bay, who won that X-Division Championship at Slammiversary. We're told that Willie Mack immediately triggered his, his first competitor clause. This is a big match to start with. I love Willie Mack's work. Used to watch him in the Indies and knew he'd be big. However, I know why they went with Bay. Bay was great in the Indies as well, and he's far more of a cocky heel than the laid-back Willie Mack. Laid-back Willie Mack. But I think that Mack will have a longer and more storied career. Love them both, though. Looking forward to this match. Didn't quite work. Bit of a bash him up to start with. No real spots. Willie didn't look happy. Highlight of the match for me was after a few kip-ups from Chris Bay, Willie looking at him incredulously and saying, are you trying to do my stuff? Because, yeah, he was. In the end, solid match. Bay retains out of nowhere to little fanfare. I hope this is not the end of this feud because I really want to see Willie and Chris go at it again. They can both go, and it should be fabulous. Which brought out one of the other big, big buys for Impact. Anderson and Gallows, now called the Good Brothers, to cut a promo in the ring. They started with, hey yo, always wanted to do that. They were laid back and good humoured, but you know what? As they spoke and spoke and spoke, they lost their way. And we had to have Austin Aries, that ball of charisma, coming out to kick things in. They had the inevitable pull apart, and later on, they had a brawl outside too. We know Scum got involved. Great to see them in Impact, by the way. Pretty underwhelmed by that, but I think that there'll be a great tag team addition in an already stacked division. Next though, rolling them in, rolling the new signings in, we had Heath Slater, who's doing a kind of, as we've seen before, you're not on the list gimmick. Quickly into his erstwhile old tag team partner, but I hope they get back together, Rhino, who's had a fantastic little angle around arm wrestling. The go-home show for Slammiversary was superb, seeing them arm wrestle in a, a toilet cubicle outside all over the place. But they were going to have a winner-takes-all match, and I really hoped it wasn't immediately or tonight, because there's a lot more in this feud that we can have fun with. Till then, though, Kira Hogan, Tasha Steeles versus Havoc and Nevaeh, who are doing... A goth, new metal, Jimmy Havoc, well played out, well hackneyed gimmick, and they need to look at it. It was a solid match. But you know, the commentary 
And I really like Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. I think, you know, I mean, I know they're a couple in reality, and I really like their humour and the way they enjoy working with each other. Love it. This match, though, meh. Solid DQ finish, no real spots, a place setter. And also something that we don't need, the memories section. Here it showed you Eddie Edwards winning the title before, because of course we know he won that at Slammiversary, and we'll have a lot more of that later on. But I don't need to see that, because I've got that as part of my package. So why would I want to see it again? I'll choose to watch it, if I like. Happily though, we move on to Ken Shamrock who's doing some of his best work. Now I saw the little bit from um, Slammiversary when he looked completely bemused in the ring at times with Sammy Callahan, but I like this. It's the two types, the two characters, the two in-ring characters working together. They don't quite work, so they really do. Shamrock doesn't know where, where Sammy's coming from. Sammy doesn't care where Shamrock's coming from. It really works well, and I love it. Plus, Shamrock's in a great condition for someone of his age. He's just slightly off from where I am at the moment at the same age. Yeah, right. They had a little chat, but they're going to have much more to do with their Franken team down the line, and I look forward to seeing them. Unlike RVD. RVD, Katie Forbes... He looks completely out of it most of the time. I know that feeds into his character. She was talking about seeing photos of her for $3.99, I think she said, next week. I don't think I'll be getting my credit card out for that. I don't really want to see him make out anymore. I don't really want to see them on screen together anymore. I'm not sure RVD really cares about being in, in Impact. If he does, he should show us. Maybe we'll get some more work out of them. I don't mind if we do or not. As you might have noticed, at this point in the show, so much to get to get through. It was just spot after spot, skit after skit, piece after piece, a little bit disjointed. We did need another match. But I really was upset that it was the end of the Hernandez and Rhino feud. And to do it in this way. Hernandez in the ring. Rhino enters. Hernandez turns around to take his, his uh, top off. Turns around. Speared by Rhino. Done. That's got to be five seconds. They had a bit of a, he had a, a, a close-up on Hernandez. Shaking his head and also nodding wryly to say, you got me. Maybe there'll be more to this feud, I really hope so. The only excitement for this was the fantastic Zapata moustache on Hernandez. And if he's going to rock that look week after week, then I'm into that. But let's have a bit more of this because those two really work well together. Impact have put the strap on Eddie Edwards. I don't mind that. I don't think it's great. He's going to be an underdog, an underdog champion. They've got that in WWE, really, with Drew McIntyre. 
In a way, we've got that white meat baby face with Cody Rhodes. And Eddie Edwards, who may be a transitional champ, why would you put him on? Why would you put it on him when you've got Austin Aries in the picture? He may be a transitional champ, and what he did was he came out and said, I want to be a fighting champ, and I will defend this belt every week on impact. Now, where have we heard that before? That's right, Cody. If Impact are doing that and they think that sounds new, they need to watch a bit more wrestling. Because Cody's doing the same thing with the TNT belt in AEW. Open challenge too. Well, let's see how this plays out. But I'm not delighted with Eddie Edwards as the champion. Next week, though, I am excited because his first challenger will be Trey from the Rascals. Deserves to be there, been there before, great wrestler. They could have a tear-it-up match, and that will be next week. What we also got in the picture, of course, is another impact purchase, Eric Young, who's also ping-ponged around the federations and he came out after his heinous act on Chris Swan on Rick Rick Swan at Slammiversary and tore into Eddie Edwards said he owned Impact came on like a terrifying heel you can't do that if we've already seen you a super Eric Mr. Young. You can't do that, EY. Let's see how you manage with it. But I don't want a kooky superhero as a big super heel. Bad booking. I don't think it'll work, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Nice to see him doing something, though. But it's all alright because the saviour of Impact is here. Moose. An angle that's going down so well. The stealing of the, of, the, um, of the TNA belt is going down so well. That WWE used something similar. In their Extreme Rules pay-per-view. When Bailey took the belt and put it on Sasha. And here he was asked if he would offer an open championship challenge like Eddie Edwards had but of course he won't because he's the real champion and he will invite people to fight him EC3 he was asked no he's uh, he's too busy we were told handling his own narrative so he picked Falabar someone who he knew wouldn't win and they had an okay match. This is not about the match. This is about Moose getting over as an extraordinary heel. He beat Falabar fairly easily. They had an okay match considering the, uh, the limitations that Falabar give you. And afterwards, of course, EC3 came to see him, got in his face, roughed him up a bit, 
And I was very saddened to hear Josh Matthews use the line, what's he doing here? He doesn't even work here. Straight out of the WWE playbook. I can hear him and Cole saying it in WWE right now. Please don't use this. We know he's working for you. The curtain's been pulled back. We're not kayfabing anymore. We know he signed a contract. He doesn't work here, doesn't work. Drop it. And let's try and give EC3 some excitement, some drama. Tune in next week, folks. Because what have we got? A wrestling reality show. A wrestling reality show. In 2020. This went out with the Diva Surge, did it not? Didn't it go out with those early, ridiculous NXT programs? Didn't it go out when Maven was the first tough enough? I really hope this is just a comedy skit. Because if it's more than that, this could be real car crash TV. But never mind all that. Never mind all that. This is a class main event. The much-loved Motor City Machine Gun, Machine Guns, Shelley and Sabin, who arrived, who came back, who were a real surprise at Slammiversary on Saturday, against the North, a great, solid, heel, cocky tag team, one of the best in wrestling at the moment, in my view, who are the champions, of course, and this is for the straps. So a team that used to be wonderful against the team that currently are wonderful. And they had a wonderful match. Full of drama, full of near falls, full of smooth wrestling, full of same wrestling, both leg locks at the same leg locks at the same time. All of that stuff, both quick tags in and out. Not so many high spots, solid mat-based wrestling which is something we don't often see. Lovely to have that psychology. Brilliant. A great match. Fairly short. Could have gone longer. But they bottled it. In the end, they bottled it. What would be wrong with saying, well done, Motor Machine. Well done, the Machine Guns. Well done. But you weren't quite good enough. The North are still our primary tag team. But you've got yourself over. You're in the mix. And you've energised an already brilliant tag team division. But no. There was a shock roll-up. And the Motor City Machine Guns got the straps. They are the new tag team champions. After only being in for one day 
It just seemed like jumping the shark to me. Needed to make a decision to grow that team. To make it more exciting. Maybe they're going to go somewhere with this, but it seemed to me as if they were so pleased with the reaction of fans seeing that team come back. They put the straps on them straight away to get a quick buy. Not that I don't want to see the Motor City Machine Guns as the tag team champions, but the North deserve to continue to be champions a lot more. And what does this say to the other teams in the division? Well, an upstart team can come in and win just like that. So I enjoyed Impact this week. I usually enjoy it, but I felt it could have been so much better with a little more planning and a little more long-term booking. They could have produced something which runs for months and months and months. They have the people to do that. They have the basis. They just need the balls to run with it. Let's see what happens next week I'll be tuning in but until then ta-ta ta-ta